Hey, get in here. Hey, you. No, get in our room. Yeah, you, come here. Come on, come on, come in. Come on, get in our room. Welcome to another episode of the Get In Our Room. She's Kristen. And that's Bobby. This week we're going to be focusing a little bit more on the LGBTQ plus community. I'm pretty excited for this episode because I've read some really great books and I'm excited to talk about them. And I'm also excited to talk about a couple topics to amplify some voices in the community. So to get started though, Kristen, what did you read this week? This I barely read at all. I was I didn't do a lot of reading. I started but did not finish The Cheaters Game by CJ Archer. Mm. I'm actually I'm not even halfway through it. I think I'm ten percent of the way in. When I say I did barely any reading Barely any this week. I was busy. It was a busy week for work. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Ah. Uh, I had to look that one up really quick because I was like, I don't recall that one. So I just Googled it really quick. And then I saw the cover and I remembered what was going on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good one. It's super interesting. I just didn't have any time or yeah. wherewithal. Yeah. So I actually... um. <laughs> probably consume too much books because <laughs> um, I got through two audiobooks, uh, finished the book that I started talking about last week, and then I just started another book today. So I finished that. F- uh, yeah. Um, I finished Falling Hard for the Royal Guard uh, by Megan Clausen. Yeah, that was the one with the really cool... Um, like who it's for talking about this is for the gingers and the redheads type of thing oh that's right yeah how was that book it was i gave it a 3.7 out of 5 it okay so it's still good i finished it i really enjoyed reading it um it was just missing a little something and i know what it was missing i was thinking about it and this is a single perspective book, so it's only from the female perspective. And we all know how much I love dual perspective. Like, even if it's just, like, short glimpses into the, like, the thought process of, you know, the love interest or whatever it is, like, that's important to me um, in rom-coms like this. It was really cute, though, so... Yeah, it ended up working out. And in the end, there's actually, like, a little, a very cute ode to lesbianism. And it, you kind of don't expect it so much, but, like, I, I called it when this, right before it was revealed, I was like, oh, I bet you, bet you she's gonna be gay. And, yep, she was. But anyways super cute like i said 3.7 out of 5 would still recommend that people read it i also listened to um heated rivalry heated rivalry by Rachel Reed which is a um like nemesis to lovers or rival i would go with rival rival to lovers <laughs> hockey player romance um Ooh. yeah 
very good. I gave that four out of five stars. Uh, it was my kind of like takeaway from that one is I loved how very masculine they are and how they really only start to open up to each other because they're two very reserved characters. So it's, it's really, it feels like when you're listening to it and reading it, it feels very intimate. Um, and I also think the way that the one character like came out to his family, not how he came out to his family. Cause that was, I'm not going to give it away, but like how they received the information was like really endearing. So, um, I've never been in a situation where I have to like come out to my parents. So I would hope that if like I ever had like did like that would be how they would receive it kind of thing. So it was good. <laughs> it was healthy. When I was younger, this is probably a terrible story, but I'll share it anyways. Um, I quote unquote came out to my parents um, to avoid getting in trouble for something. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was, but my dad was like, why haven't you been taking care of this? And I was like, I think it's because I'm a lesbian. And my dad was like, those don't, those two things don't matter. They don't connect. Like, <laughs> I can just see your dad being like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> he was like, nope those that doesn't work <laughs> uh, that's awesome <laughs> uh, and then the other book is actually the one I'm going to talk about in a little bit I'm gonna wanna, I want to talk about that one way more in depth because there's a lot to unpack with, with uh, that book it's called yeah I think Go ahead. I was just going to say, I was looking at our show notes, and I think this is going to be a, kind of a heavy show. Yeah. Kind it's, of a heavy week. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the topic is heavy. And with next month being, you know, Pride Month and all the things that are happening in the world right now that are very negative, um, I think it's really important to highlight some of these things and some of these themes and talk about them in a positive way. So that actually leads me into my next comment. Um, a really good resource for books that are part of the community is a blog called readsrainbow.com. So R-E-A-D-S rainbow.com. And their bio read. Uh, says, Reads Rainbow is a blog dedicated to LGBT media. Here you will find reviews, recs, and info about upcoming LGBT content, be it books, movies, TV shows, or music. And it is run by... You know what? Go ahead. I was just going to say that's super fantastic. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Because previous to this year, I haven't really read any romance or smut novels, right? I mean, I read the Black Dagger Brotherhood way back when, but so other than that, like I haven't, I haven't read a lot. Mm -hmm. 
until this year and i think i've read about 30 <laughs> and um <laughs> i was literally just starting to be like they're all the same characters they're all the same descriptions of characters they're all 55 year old men who have just entered into their prime and 23 year old women who are already out of their prime and too old for the market you know and you're like all right the trope is a little a little worn down so it'd be nice to have you know different different romances and yeah. so to have an entire resource so the reads rainbow is run by charlotte and sh uh you can find her at points of hopes and anna at here's the pencil but they on their website they have january to june 2023 book releases of books that are coming out and they have everything from contemporary to fantasy science fiction historical mystery thriller paranormal horror poetry nonfiction. they have all of these subcategories and then they have ya books um they have books with trans and non-binary protagonists i mean they have such a this is such a good resource and there's so many books coming out and in june which i think is amazing because it is pride month and i just am super pleased so this is a resource that i've actually looked at a few times um and i keep coming back to so i wanted to give them a shout out because i think they do a, a wonderful job at supporting the community helping be a voice of a positive voice in the community and their blog is just a great resource that's fantastic just one more resource to royally fuck up my tbr i mean shake it up yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i was like ooh, fantasy like what's going on there <laughs> i got a little lost in there when i was building the show notes uh earlier this morning because <laughs> i woke up pretty early and i uh like went down this whole rabbit hole and then I was like bouncing between their site and the individual books and the authors and everything, just looking at everything. And it's, it's very good. So highly recommend, uh, reads rainbow.com. That's fantastic. Um, so speaking of new books out, there is, and I hope I'm pronouncing their names, right? Got Mick and Gigi Gorgeous, they have a new book out. Um, it's called The Tea Guide, and it's about the trans experience. Um, in an interview, they talked about what really caught my attention was them talking about um, doctors don't really know about the trans experience because they're just kind of learning from their patients as they go and whatever kind of limited experience their patients are sharing with them. Um so they they wrote this book, um, Gigi Gorgeous, and uh, Gottmik is A.K.A. Cade Gottlieb. Yeah, he's a transgender. Right. He's from Ru RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, he is. And um, and so they wrote this one. Sorry, go ahead. No, Gigi Gorgeous. Have you heard of her before? You came across this topic. No, I just came across the book. Um, I just like their distrust of doctors is what really resonated with me. 
we're going to come back to that, but I have been following <laughs> Gigi Gorgeous since like 2016 on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I'm I'm a fan of Gigi. Yes. She is beautiful and I think when you told me about this and then I got on the show notes this morning. I was like, no shit, it's by Gigi. Like, I'm definitely, like, that, like, I've been a fan for so long. I, I'm a shitty fan of a lot of things that I'm a fan of. So I had no idea that she was, like, coming out with a book or anything like that. But to see that she did, like, I am very interested in, in understanding more. So you were saying that um, they... They wrote this book because doctors don't understand the experience. So it's the idea that not really anybody, like it's uh, not that nobody understands it, but the idea that not everybody has that community around them or that best friend that they can talk to. I mean, like for you and I think about how much we learn and share from our experiences back yeah. and forth. Um, and so this book was designed to be a best friend experience, sharing Aww. experiences, sharing ideas. Um, so yeah, kind of like how, how you would talk with your best friend. There's so much to be said for that because I'd say this to my younger siblings all of the time when they like call me and are ask either asking questions or just like having a conversation with me. There's so much for being like the feeling of not being alone in the world like you're absolutely i 100 percent. yeah you're having all these emotions you're thinking all of these thoughts and like just to have a space to like and that's why reading can be so beautiful is because you can have all these thoughts and these feelings and there's millions and millions and millions of books that you can read and it's somebody's been through that somebody's experienced that somebody's gone through those same things and not feeling alone in the world solidifies that you're not being irrational you're not crazy you're not all these things that <laughs> society might call you for this this emotion or this feeling like and it's it's validating and it's beautiful yep i i, I totally agree um and sometimes to like, it always looks like other people are handling something so much better than you. And so, you know, and through books, right, we we get to see that internal dialogue of them falling apart yeah, while keeping that game face on and being like, okay, so everybody is in fact faking it. Yes. <laughs> Which is, you know, another great reason to read is getting inside other people's heads. And so I think this book will be, you know, a really nice experience that that best friend experience where you're not talking in medical terms and you're not talking through the media through politics just mm -hmm. you know and i think that'll be really great yeah it's gonna be something i'm i'm not someone who's gonna ever transition but i i think reading it could let me to be a better person if I ever come across a friend or anybody who is having those experiences, right? Not that I could understand them on the same level, but at least I could appreciate where they're coming from. And if they trust me with having a conversation about their experience, you know, and if they've never heard of this book, like I could recommend this book. Like, I think that, you know, like you said, not, not feeling alone in the world is good. Yeah. Alrighty, I've been dying to hear about your your book this week. Your red, white, and royal blue. 
Yeah, so I read Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuestin. Is that how you think that's said? Um, let me double. Um, Casey McQuestin. Yeah, McQuestin. 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 Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Sorry, Casey, if I'm wrong. Um, I guess as long as you're just staying consistent, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so this book is about Alex and Henry. So Alex is the son of the first woman president of the United States. And she is a Democrat from Austin, Texas. So right there in that sentence alone is a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're familiar with laws in the state of Texas, um, I am not. They're not very friendly to women's rights. They are not very liberal. Um, so having the first female president coming from Texas is kind of a a lot right there. Um, also, the I listened to this on audiobook on Hoopla and the voice actor who did her because she had a Texas twang accent that she didn't hide. So anytime <laughs> the the Madam President talked, it was the best. Um, especially when it was just like her and her kids and she was talking to her kids because she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> In this Texas twang. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> um, but this play, this book takes place during the second term race for the 2020 uh, U.S. presidency. Alex is also, his name is Alex Diaz. And he is actually a Mexican-American. Mom is white. Dad is of Mexican descent. Um, I believe the, the dad's family, the Diaz family comes from like Mexico city, if I'm remembering that correct. Um, and he doesn't have friends because he's incredibly smart and sarcastic, but he's also like still the guy that everyone likes because he wants to be the youngest politician. He wants to be the youngest person in Congress. So his goal is he's just like super smart He's 21 and turns 22 during this book. Um, so he's like really involved in politics and all of this stuff. And then you have Henry, who is the second Prince of England. So wow, we, we know Prince Henry, right? And we know Prince Philip. Those are real world <laughs> names, right? So <laughs> Prince Henry is not described as a handsome redhead. But the funny thing is, is he is... His dad is a movie star, which is funny because there's all those, like, whispers that Henry is actually the son. Like, the real Prince Henry is, like, the son of some actor. I don't know if you were aware of that at all, Kristen. I was not. I don't keep up with... I barely keep up with American politics, so I keep up with British politics even less. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Princess Diana fan, and the conspiracies around her, like, I've... So, that's how I know. 
Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So, and then, you know, he has to maintain, Henry has to maintain this, uh, these appearances for the crown. And he struggles with bouts of depression and loneliness due to having to hide who he is and who he is is a gay man. Um, a gay young man, because he's like one year older. So he's 22 and turns 23 during this book. Oh, wow. So they're actually rivals in the beginning who do not get along. And Philip is getting married. So, you know, the first family of the U.S. goes to Philip's wedding. And Alex and Henry <laughs> end up getting in this small little tussle, which knocks over the $70,000 wedding cake. And that all these tabloids, because we we know from the actual Prince Henry, um, the real Prince Henry, exodus from the royal family. I don't know if that's the right terminology there. Um, you know, how him and his wife left and they moved to Canada or, and or L.A. I don't know where they're at anymore. But um, <laughs> tabloids are a huge problem. In England when it comes to the royal family, right? And so the tabloids went crazy with, oh, there's this huge scuffle and it looks bad for relations uh, for the presidential race against his mom. So the PR team basically puts together this plan to make them look like friends, like fake friends. They're like, fake it till you freaking make it, both of you, because we both have <laughs> something to gain out of this, you know, coming across as you're actually friends and that you didn't actually, you know, accidentally cut the prince's face with your, you know, champagne glass or whatever it was. Like, it was all an accident and a misunderstanding kind of thing. So they're rivals that have this forced, forced proximity, and it's quite hilarious. Wait, I have a quick question. Yep. Are you telling me that politics is just like a dog and pony show? Is oh, that what you're getting 100%. at? Hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. Um. So there's this whole like fake friendship thing, and it ends up leading to them realizing that they have more in common. That they're both pretty isolated, and that they don't have a lot of friends or outlets to talk to people. And they actually have a lot a lot of shared emotions and experiences being these two people who are in, you know, these two young men who are in the face of everything. And they're constantly in watch. There's constantly paparazzi or somebody out to get them or, or whatever it is. So they end up actually becoming friends. And some of that leads to more. And I'm going to leave the rest of it there because I really want people to read this book. Um, and everything that I've said so Just, far, <laughs> we're all going to pretend like we don't know what more means. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when I tell you the writing is so amazing and beautifully poetic, like I, I, when I was listening to this, I was like constantly like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful like, the things that they say to each other. Um, and then there's a bunch of, like, historical references, too, to literature, politics, and then just general American and English history. And as a, someone who loves history, I find it... I learned so much, so many facts during this book. Like, 
the one time that vote tax the one time that texas ended up voting democratic because historically they're a red state like when they first ever went blue the one and only time they went blue and like all of this other like little nuggets of knowledge and then um it also points out a lot of themes that actually occurred for uh, America and England in regards to their leadership. So there's email servers involved. We all know about the the Clinton email server thing. Um, maybe we don't, but you know, <laughs> there was scandalous email server situation, tabloids again. So it's a very very heavy political book. It. Like they touch on all of it all, is like, real politics. It is. And I found the way that it was done beautiful, entertaining, and eye-opening. Because I really felt for the experiences that these two characters had because you truly fall in love with both these guys. You're just like, you want them to be your best friends. They're so intelligent and kind. And you what ends up happening to them literally made me so fucking mad so there's also the american and mexican relationships in regard to immigration um women being in power holding the presence holding presidency over um the united states and then even like having spies in the opponent's um elect election camp and then of course the big big ticket item is two very present young leaders in the world being gay and i think it's just super super it like if you read this book and you don't accept that all of these things could be possible and accept them <laughs> and and be happy with them you are you might not be a good person <laughs> like like that's a pretty no i i think the big thing is if you don't believe any of this stuff could happen or already has happened and was swept under the rug you just have your head in the sand like yes people act like all this stuff is brand new heck no man no this stuff is old the, a tale as old as time right yes. and i'm just like i want that i wanted this book to be real life like when I finished it, I was like, I wish this would have happened because like there there was also marches on on capitals and in in states and on the the on DC for like when some of this stuff ended up you know c coming out like all these people coming together in support and I'm just like mm -hmm. yeah I would want to be one of those people to march having been alive during like the women's marches and stuff like that like yeah this it, it moves you to want to be involved even in supporting these communities even more uh so i just found it extremely fascinating and i found out when i was doing research that prime amazon prime is making it into a movie and it's being released on oh. august 11th they're gonna fuck that up but i'm so excited for it anyways because look at this <laughs> come on would you load mm. so they're to pick a cast yes yeah they have to have this is the cover photo for it this 
I adore this image. So what it is, is it's two men sitting on a couch with their legs crossed, but their legs are crossing each other's. And one has an American swords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one has American flag socks and the other one has the, um, the English flag. And it is awesome. And then the cast, uh, Nicholas, mm. can you make it bigger? Gasoline. Yeah, I was going to click on each individual person. Nicholas. Is that the British guy? Yeah, he's going to play Prince Henry. Um, I don't know him. I don't know him either, but he plays in... Mm. Let's go to he looks photos. British enough. I'll accept it. Yeah, he plays in movies and things. Guys, I suck. I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> But, like, when I saw he was playing it, I was like, okay, I can get on board with him as that character, as the, the Henry. And then, um, I don't even know how to say his name. Nicholas Gelsitine? Oof, guys. Why aren't you going back further? Go back. I don't know, man. That looks like one of those um, hockey player names where not all of the letters are important, but you don't know which ones matter. <laughs> so he played in Cinderella, Handsome Devils, Purple Hearts. Those are like his most recent works. Bottoms. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. And then Taylor Perez is going to play Alex, which I also support. When I was like, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, that's basically exactly what he looked like in my head <laughs> when I was reading this. Yeah. I don't know who any of these guys are. I don't know either. He's play. He plays in. Look out! Look at that little smile he's got going on. <laughs> um, he plays in. Oh, I looked this up earlier. I don't trust my brain though, you guys. So we're gonna go back. Um, whoops, too far, too far. He played in um the kissing booth, which is. I haven't heard of that one. Either. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I have heard of it, though. But, yeah, so Red, White, and Royal Blue is coming out on Prime August 11th. And I am actually looking forward to it. I want to <laughs> watch it. <laughs> and then the other thing that I wanted to mention is I was on the author's, like, about page on Amazon, Casey McQuestin. Mm -hmm. I just want to read her her about the author because I freaking loved it. Um, so Casey McQuestin is a New York Times bestselling author of Red, White, and Royal Blue, as well as a pie enthusiast. She writes book about <laughs> smart people with bad manners falling in love, which is true. 
Born and raised in southern Louisiana, she now lives in New York City with her poodle mix and her personal assistant, Pepper. Do you get it? No. No. Was it an Iron Man reference? I think so. I'm not sure, but I'm like, <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. So I highly encourage, like, if you have not read red white and royal blue to read it because i found it so beautiful for so many different reasons cool man that sounds super exciting um i might wait for the movie nah, i probably i'll probably skip it i'm not really into the politics yeah but there's so much more than that <laughs> <laughs> But I know how you know, our, our TBRs, yeah, that's true. But I know how crazy our TBRs are, so I'm not even going to be, like, disappointed. And if you, if you don't read it, but, like, I still think, like, you should. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a little heavier than that. It's actually fairly heavy. Um... The book I read this week, so I lied. I read more than one book this week. Um, I read If You Could Be Mine by Sarah Farazan. Farazan? Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, Sarah. Um, but this is a book about a lesbian couple, or a couple that wants to be a lesbian couple, living in Tehran, which is the capital of Iran. So if we know anything about Iran... Um, it is completely illegal to be gay or lesbian, and the penalty is death, right? They hang them or stone them mm -hmm. to death. Um, so they're, they've been best friends since they were super little, and they know that they're in love, but they also don't want to die. Um, so it's a super short book. It was only like 200 pages. Um, and I thought that it was possibly written in another language and then translated to English because it was a very basic read. Okay. Um, as if maybe it's for a younger group, possibly, I but probably not because there's some really heavy, heavy stuff, heavy, uh, I was... I was oh, at... what's the word I'm looking for? Heavy themes. Yeah. Themes is the word I'm looking for. I was just reading an article <laughs> this morning, though, about young adult writing doing just this. Touching on these Getting heavy themes oh. and shedding light on them, but still being part of, like, the YA group. So this is, I think, something that we're going to see more of. Um is these yeah. heavy, heavy themes written about in a way that could be consumed by young adults. The downside with this one um, is that it has a lot of heavy themes that are very interesting themes that could have gone further into like more exploration around them. Mm. So, for example, in Tehran and Iran, um, it is illegal to be gay, but it is not illegal to be transgender. And because it is not mentioned in the Quran about being transgender, being 
are feeling or thinking or being born in the wrong body and then is considered a mental illness. And so the government will uh, subsidize for transgender surgeries. Oh, wow. Interesting. And so I, Iran actually does the most transgender surgeries, gender confirmation surgeries in the world. Wow. I had no idea. The majority of Europe... The majority of Europeans fly to Iran for gender confirmation surgeries. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. Now, don't mistake all of that information for thinking that a transgender individual's life is still going to be easy in oh, Iran. Yeah, no. there's there's still um I don't want to go so far as to say second class citizens cuz well, I guess if they become women, they become second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's, so this book talks about the idea that if these two girls wanted to be together, one of them would have to get transgender surgery, and then they'd be able to live together. But one of them would be sacrificing, like, her body and her identity. And so oh the question God. is, is like, which way do you sacrifice your identity? Do you just pretend to be straight? Or do you physically and permanently alter your body? Oh my god. That is heavy. Um, so those are some really interesting things. And this book barely touches on them. Barely. doesn't really dive into... You know, like... That, that theme in and of itself could be chapters long of that internal dialogue yeah. of that that issue and it's just kind of like oh that's a possibility hmm, okay um and i think i think it's kind of a disservice even if it's for young children or young adults not young children young adults even if this was written for young adults i think that's kind of a disservice to touch so lightly on these really heavy themes um you're either one implying that young adults can't handle the thought process of diving deeper into it. And you're just not really giving them the opportunity to think critically and dive into these heavy themes when you present them and then just gloss over them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, and this was a super short review on this book. The book was super short. The writing was super basic. The themes were super interesting. And I wanted so much more from them. Um, but overall, they just kind of skirted around a lot of issues. They skirted around a lot of topics. And it hmm. honestly left a lot to be desired. Almost, almost a very boring read. But I think this is the author's first book. Okay. So a lot to be forgiven. A lot to be forgiven there. Um, so yeah. hopefully... Uh, in a couple years, after a couple books, she'll come back and maybe do this Expand one again. Expand on these topics. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, do this with a little more fervor, because it could be super interesting. Those could be, you know, big heavy topics of what kind of lie do you want to live? <laughs> hmm. And such an interesting part of the world. Actually, there was one super interesting scene in the book. Um, so in Iran, men are not allowed to touch women that they're not related to or married to. Right. So two women get into a fight in a public place, but the male bouncers can't touch them to break up the fight. Oh, wow. 
So they're trying to like put their bodies between them. Um, they're like trying not, they have their hands like behind their back and they're trying, the guys have their hands behind their own backs and they're trying to like, kind of like move their bodies in between these women without touching them. (laughs) Oh my God. Crazy. (laughs) So, you know, and that's another thing that there's a lot of cultural things from Iran that, um, I would have liked to have touched on further. Yeah. Or expanded on. I think that's, I think that particular scene, again, was kind of downplayed, either because it was just kind of assumed that you knew that they couldn't really touch them, or right. they didn't understand the the um, humor or which direction you could take it to really add on to that scene. Have you seen the photos of Iran before the revolution happened, like back in the 70s? Like... Of... Not Iran, but I've seen a lot of Afghanistan before the Americans got there. Yeah, so like just bright, beautiful colors, women in skirts and bikinis and like just you know, not fully covered and and stuff like that some chose to be right like there was all there's always people that i'm sure did but like it's just fascinating to me that this is where they're at today and i think it's i think it's an ode to the rest of the world to how easy it is to go back potentially go backwards right like you know, you make all this progress and it's easy to go backwards. And I actually think that's something we're seeing right now in America with all of this, all these laws and restrictions on uh, the transgender community and just the LGBTQ community in general, right? So it's nerve wracking because, you know, we could learn from their example and we're not yeah i think yeah it's it's um it's all very i think the hard part is all of the issues stem from a lot of the media in america mm-hmm. and a lot of false reporting on stuff and oh, yeah. the media will always choose clickbait and clever titles over accurate reporting of what's truly going on and they will spend more time getting people riled up about stuff than you know honesty and boring truth doesn't get as many clicks as like you know cute nicknames and this and that and only reading half of what's going on and then reporting on it fervently and you're like cool man Mm -hmm. now everybody's all riled up for no reason yeah I have a theory but it's it's a personal theory. Because, okay, we'll take it offline. Yeah, yeah, probably good to take it offline. But <laughs> I'd like to share it because I think it's interesting. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't think I'm I'm ready to be that vulnerable here. So. <laughs> so. Right. No, I totally understand. Yeah. But yeah. these are these are big topics, and They're for huge. us personally. Although we may support them, we're not technically in the community, yeah. and we don't actually feel 
the ramifications so it's not exactly really it's not our i don't our think place. it's our place and that's why i wanted to use this episode like, to amplify voices of people who are in the community and writing literature to support mm -hmm. the community and just doing all these good things right because as we get into next month we're gonna be seeing rainbows everywhere all these corporations and it's another reason why we actually chose not to do this episode in the month of June uh, because we don't <laughs> want we're a little bit better than everybody else. <laughs> we're trying to be. <laughs> we're trying to approach the topic in a way to, to show that we're allies, but we don't want to take away from the, the voices of those who live in the community. And this is their everyday life. These are their everyday struggles. And we don't want to monetize on other people's hardships or what they go through or their experiences and we're not monetized anyways so <laughs> there's that but <laughs> we do this because we care and we and this is something we enjoy discussing and highlighting right um every week but i think there's something and to be said i think there's something to be said for finding books that's outside especially in romance right mm -hmm. to find books that are outside of that stereotypical boring ass age gap trope yeah <laughs> yeah and maybe not all of our age gap but i think um specifically in the romance community and really all of them right every single char female character is tall and slender with such long legs mm -hmm. and you know they're all it's fun to find even if, you know, different body types, different love interests, different identifications, all of that is so needed in mm -hmm. the book world. It is. Just to make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, new perspectives. Yep. I think. I agree 100%. One of my favorite reads this year uh, was a lesbian couple, but not only was one of the characters, not only was she the one character technically she was I think bisexual but she was also uh demisexual so she needed like a real true emotions there to be fully attracted like actual like connection and trust and um I think there's something to be said with that too because like we're bombarded with images of these you know daddies or zaddies on like instagram <laughs> and like all these mommies you know all these things but like having a personal connection with somebody and having trust and true intimacy outside of physical contact is something super underrated in today's society and the more and more books that i read like going back to the the heated rivalry two really masculine men that have to keep up appearances that they hate each other get into these very intimate conversations and you know there's a lot to be said for that um because i th there is a lack of intimacy between so many couples that i see um or i have a window into their relationship i should say i um that discuss things with me and it's like you know outside of a bedroom or a closed door, there's nothing there. And it's so vital to have intellectual intimacy with, with the person you're choosing to partner with life. And I think that's another thing that is highlighted actually very well in books that are written for the LGBT community, right? 
because there's so much to unpack there and they truly do it and they do a very good job of it. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Very well said. So if you like this episode, um, please provide us a feedback. Um, if you have somebody that you want to share with us, who's part of the community, we would love to know their Instagram know if they wrote a book, um, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I'm, a, you know, constantly, constantly reading and I actually will pick up a book about a gay male couple or a lesbian couple or like a pansexuality, like way faster than I will a, a traditional romance uh, these days. So I am all ears and we'd love to hear if there's somebody or a resource in the community also because we want to make sure to continue to have it be present on our social media to be an advocate to support and to amplify those voices of the community. So don't hesitate to let us know anything that you find or you know of. Yes. And just to double, um, just to follow up with Bobby. Uh, even if you don't like the show, feel free to leave us some feedback. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, we're going to laugh at it, but... Constructive criticism is really good, right? <laughs> that's actually absolutely not how I'm going to take it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... But hey, man, it's your prerogative to write whatever you want in the in the comment section. True. Next week's episode either might not exist or might be delayed. We haven't figured it out because next week is Memorial Day and there's a likelihood that I'm going out of town. So we're not so sure if we're going to be able to film it. Um, but we have some exciting things coming on down the line. We're going to have our first guest on the show here pretty quickly. Um, so if you... You know, even if we're taking a break for a week, be sure to come back the next week because we're going to have some authors and we're going to be discussing some new book releases um, and doing some interviews that we're both very, very excited about. <laughs> yes. So thanks for listening to the show this week. And if we don't see you next week, be sure to come back for our guest the following week.